Okay, with Vincent Truman, who is the director and writer of Enter the Mollusk, uh, was the winner of Best Film at the Toronto Comedy Film Festival. It's a 30-minute comedy. It's a mockumentary, and it works. And I've seen a lot of <laughs> mockumentaries in my time, especially the 30-minute length. It's like, tone-wise, it's hard to keep keep that, that focus on and then keep the tone uh, at the same length. So I'm just asking the first question I ask you, how did you pull this off? This is like such a great job you did. Uh, I got, um, hi, thank you very much for having <laughs> me. Um, I got very blessed with a phenomenal cast, um, some of which are stand-up uh, comedians, some are straightforward actors, some are storytellers that were on board with our kind of playful style. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was uh, like the, the the ratio was probably 60% script, 40% improvisation. Okay. So the artist had a lot of leeway and a lot of creativity. So I just got a little lucky with the cast. Is the uh, But at answer. the same time, it's it's like you had a really, really great blueprint. It's nicely shot. It's nicely photographed. It's... Uh, it's like so it's like you got like you got to give yourself some credit here as well but i guess the key to your film is the lead actor right is that was that correct is that a correct assessment to say your lead uh yeah my lead that's uh peter kermitis who yeah. played uh anal lacage <laughs> uh which means nothing but um i don't know what i can say on the podcast but it, it actually just phonetically it spells out anal leakage um <laughs> which is an old joke I've had around for years and I've been looking for a film to put it in. Uh, he, was, he was definitely a linchpin. I would describe him as one of those stallions of comedy who can just run wild. And I just had to rein him in just a little yeah. bit. But yeah, he was a, a phenomenal anchor for the, the tone and silly tone of the, of the piece. He's, is it fair for me to, to, if I was your publicist, to say this is the office for the storytelling convention? Uh, it could be the office. It could be a, it's sort of, uh, I was aiming more toward a Christopher Guest kind of vibe. Waiting more for than vibe, a, or waiting for Guffman. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Those uh, best in show. Best in kind show of, yeah. I was leaning toward that more than Ricky Gervais, but I'll I'll take. I was thinking uh, more of the U.S. version of uh, uh, like Mike, uh, like uh, Steve Carell, I guess, right? Ah, I've you overconfident never watched it. Right? I never watched the U.S. Office. That's amazing that you've never watched that because it's because like because the British Office is more about like he's kind of an asshole, right? And then right. and then but he but in the U.S. Office is that he's kind of an overconfident doofus but there's hearts right 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 you care yeah i uh i sort of designed peter as a an oblivious asshole much much more the the original david brent-esque yeah i mean not too much obviously but i did want him to have an an acerbic unpleasant tone sure which, which i think he got yeah he well well, he like the opening scene like says it all right like it's about oh yes Yeah, yeah, it's all about getting that that crowd reaction to the level that he wants it yeah. to be, not what the audience is feeling, and <laughs> which going is, after people in particular. I, which I is like the uh, which is the irony, right? Because it should you should be serving the audience, like obviously, it's like so. Right from that first scene, it's like you you either you have the audience 
but uh, like pardon the the pun, but you either have the audience who's watching the film or you don't, right? Like it's either they're right. going to get this humor or they're not going to get this humor, I guess, right? Right, e- exactly. So, so you said 40% was improvisation. So what, how did you kind of rein that in? Did you just let them, do you have like one take for you and then you gave them their own take? Like, how did you kind of like? Basically, yes. Um, we did uh, like in a series of like five takes, <clears throat> excuse me, five takes. The first take would be like script perfect. And then based on that performance, uh, I was able to kind of like tease out let's let's extend this little bit a bit more or let's let's uh let's exaggerate your your response to the question uh, from the interviewer and so it was always a composite of the five takes but the further we went the more carte blanche uh i gave to the the artists because they got more and, i guess they got more comfortable they got there's exactly you know, there's the characters more and yeah exactly and they were all at ease and uh um, one of my favorite sequences is when we are introduced to a character called Helen Weedle, who is in a kitchen and for no apparent reason just keeps on picking up and putting down things in the kitchen, like at, uh, little oranges and a little uh, uh, a, a waffle flipper. Yeah. Uh, that word eludes me for some reason. Um, just kind of at random. And she added all that. And it was just the dry absurdity that just made it really fly for, for us. So the, and you, you included the interviewer too in the film as well, right? Like you made them kind of part of the process. Right. I, I wanted to have an arc with all of the characters. So I wanted to have the interviewer be intrigued. And then the deeper she goes into the world, the more she sees she does not want to be a part of it. Yeah. So she she abandons it halfway through, which I thought gave her a nice a nice farewell, because you know, otherwise I don't know what I'd do with the interviewer if she made it through the whole film. Yeah. Well, that's that, folks, <laughs> which seemed anticlimactic. But to her, to, for her to storm off halfway through, I thought that was a nice touch. So I don't then, think I wrote that scene to be fair. Did you watch like like a PBS documentary or something like that, like kind of like to figure out like what you're kind of ripping off or what was like, or where did you just kind of, was there any sort of inspiration? Oh, mercy. Um, yes, we have, uh, are you familiar with The Moth? The Moth? No, I'm not. Should I be? Okay. Um, it's it's somewhat related in the uh, in the states here we have uh, a nationwide storytelling community if yeah. you will called the moth um, so mollusk is kind of a, a parody off that but um, uh, it's it's nationwide in scope and they have big uh, silver balls in New York every year and it's uh, it's kind of a highfalutin thing but I've been a storyteller in uh, the storytelling community in the States for years. And I, so I've seen it from the inside and I've never won a contest. So this is, this film is me getting my revenge basically. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> gotcha. But it was rooted. I'll tell you, it was rooted about 10 years ago when I visited Portland, Oregon, and went to a moth and did a storytelling uh, show. Mm-hmm. And the theme was, um, uh, overcoming an issue. Okay. Um, and I was the 10th in the lineup and the ninth storyteller told a story of being assaulted not once, but three times in the course of an evening. 
Um, and I was to I was to follow her, and I was split down the middle. I was half my mind was that's tragic and horrible, and and the other half was I can't follow that. How can I follow that? I have a story about getting rid of racism. How can I follow that? Um, so I felt guilty about that until after the show, people walked up to that other storyteller and was were very moved and like, thank you for sharing. And she was absolutely performative about it. She was like, oh, thank you. Yes, I've got another performance next week if you'd like yeah. to see it again. I was like, oh, so that was that was the genesis. And then 10 years later or whatever, uh, I my partner, David Himmel and I sat down and we wrote the thing. So Very it's long like, like this narcissism or self-indulgent or it's like it's all about like they're not listening to anybody else's stories except for their own, I guess. Right. Right. There's uh, if, if you know the community, there is sort of a let's be honest and open and pure yeah. and kind and compassionate. But it's as competitive and performative as sure. any other art form. So, so it was a little worthy. bit hypocritical, I guess. A little bit. A little bit. But I mean, I, I think you'll find that in, in any of the arts yeah. where it's like, hey, great job. I'm working on my thing, yeah. which is fine. Uh, I'm just I'm poking fun, but I do it with a, no. uh, the a analogy I'll give you is that I used to do we used to do like readings, like table readings, like every week. Right. And all the actors would come home, like 15, 20 actors I would meet every week. And they all yeah. talk to each other about like jobs they got and, and auditions. And they would like. They would be like, "Oh, that's such a good, good, good for you, good for you," and you know that they're they're seething inside that that person got yeah. that audition and they got that role, and it's like because they're 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 on the surface they're like all proud of each other and they're like, "Oh, that's so good that you got that," but then they're not really. They're like they're they want that job. They want they want that audition kind of thing, right? Yeah, uh, I have always been. Uh, I've been a playwright for years, and I was a head head writer of a sketch group, and the funniest things that I ever saw was they were always behind the scenes. Yeah. They were always in the green room. That's where the funniest stuff for me yeah. always occurred. Cause yeah, you, you see that and you go, eh, I don't think you're <laughs> as happy as you say you are. Yeah. It's definitely true for me. Sometimes it's like, Oh, you, you got featured well done. Yeah. You know, it's, the, it's uh, when they say it two or three times. When you when they say you give me good news, I'm like, oh, good for you. That's awesome. And then I just I just let it go, right? You move on to something else. When someone yeah. keeps going, oh, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. You know that yeah. there's like there's there's something wrong there, right? So. It, exactly. So yeah, it's a good target to yeah. uh, throw some uh, good-hearted barbs at. Yeah. <laughs> you did you you accomplished it too, right? And nice little touches in the interviews because I know you're trying to make it as like. You can't really make it as cinematic as like you probably want, right? right? Because right. It's, it's the mockumentary style. But like the like there's a there's a, the one character is being interviewed and he's got the skull in the back corner, like little touches. You got like little always like, like a, a, a kind of a prop to kind of identify the character in the background, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Most of those were intentional. There were a couple accidents, but sure. I'll if if they came across good, I I will say they were intentional. Yeah, sure. But I'm sure I'm assuming the the I'm assuming the 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 skull was was intentional, right? Uh that um yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm then, not sure that was, honestly. I think that was that was the interview for double D, if I'm not mistaken. 
um, that may have been put there because we had a blank little space back there. Gotcha. And we were like, oh, somebody put something there. And I think it was a skull and a vase, I think. What about the posters, the made up posters in the background? Who designed those? Um, those were designed by me. Those are actual shows that I, I've produced through the years. And I oh. was like, yeah, I'll just put my own stuff back there. As the in the Easter egg cool. is a one person class? Easter egg. Yeah. Or... Yeah. Suspicious Clowns. I was a head writer for them uh, in Chicago for six or seven years. Cool. So like, so I'm assuming you had tons of footage like to put this together in editing. Yeah, not, not as much as some people might, might think. I probably, uh, it probably could have been a, a 45 minute feature. Um, and I like smashed it down to 30, which was kind of my intent, but not a great deal of um, bloopers or anything really. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, so how was the editing process for you? Did you work with an editor yourself or did you do most of it yourself? Or I was just curious. Uh, that was, that was me. I did have a director of photography who just sent me, sent me the files and I just edited on final cut pro X. Yeah. Um, and yeah, kind of knocked it down, extended scenes, shortened scenes. Yeah, that was me. And so did you send it out to somebody before you send it out to festivals? I'm just curious. Uh, we did, um, we had like kind of a premiere. It yeah. went really well. Um, and then my, my partner, David suggested, Hey, why don't we throw it at a few festivals? Just, just, to, just to do it, just to experience it. And so we did. And how's that going so far? Um, well, y'all have been absolutely outstanding, um, on the commu communication side. Uh, the only, the only quibble I have is best film, um, I'm waiting. Uh, I, I'm anticipating in a couple of weeks, somebody will contact me and say, uh, JK, it actually has to go to this other funny film. Can you imagine if a festival ever did that? <laughs> um, well, I'll let you know when they do. When, when we do that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you also did the music as well? Like you composed the music as well? Yeah. That's just like garage band. Oh. Uh, that that app and i have a couple of guitars and pianos laying around and i'm so i needed some music to come in and go out so yeah that's me i have a lot of time you have a lot of time that's that's a good problem to have yeah so yeah, you're well, in portland right uh i'm in portland now yes i was in chicago for years filmed it in chicago oh, okay uh and moved out to to portland a little while ago yeah why did you move? Just out of curiosity, why did you move? Like um, I've been kind of curious about it. It's very lovely here. Yeah. Um, we're hyper aware of uh, climate change and things sure. of, of that nature yeah. and the Pacific Northwest and uh, both Vancouver's uh, on this coast yeah. are going to be pretty okay for a while. So that was kind of the idea. It's the sneaker capital of the world as well, I guess, right? Yes, yes, we have Nike and various other shoe companies here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big walking city. It's a big walking city. Big walking city, yeah. Big running city, I guess, right? Big health yeah. city, yeah. It's more walking for me because I'm in my 50s. And yeah. like uh, running is something I like to watch other people do. 
So what did you feel about our audience uh, in the audience feedback video? What was your reactions to them? Did they, did they get your film? Uh, I think it was uh, absolutely extraordinary. I've, I've seen nothing like that. And I found the, uh, the detail and the, the analysis to be um, uh, edifying in, in a certain way and just really interesting to like see real faces, real strangers um assess the film uh so fairly it was really great i'd love to buy all of them a drink at least one cool well yeah it was yeah they, everybody seemed to really like your film like i said it, the, the 30 minute timeline it flies right by which is a good sign right oh that's great yeah that's that's really nice to hear there's no there's no dead moment there's really no dead moment and like once like and you keep coming back to your guy like to your lead and it's like you get you give people their space you give people their stories and then it kind of all ties back to him i guess right yeah yeah with the big uh with slam chop um which is a really bad pun but we needed we needed a title for the final the final show so yeah. slam chop i don't know who came up with that it's a bad pun. It's a really bad pun. Yeah. But the, the interesting know, thing bad. about I have with the storytellers conventions, like you said, uh, the moth and, and other conventions, is that just because you're a good storyteller doesn't mean that you're a good uh, executor of telling the story on stage. There's two different yeah. talents, right? Absolutely two different kinds. I think like my stories are very good, but I can't win at any storytelling competition ever. But there's other people who are phenomenal orators that tell really horrible stories. I'm kidding about that. No, Pretty no, much. but they're but they're um, they're good. Like, but they can yeah. they can present and they can win and they can win and they can win. Yeah. So it's kind so, of like an interesting right. dichotomy in a sense, right? Like it's like yeah. Like if you get the same performer telling all ten stories, then then you got yourself a contest. That's just my yeah. subjective opinion, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think any any. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'm going to agree with you. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's good. It's like, like listen, anytime there's there's like new arts and new work coming out, it's it's totally fine. And, the, and sometimes there's talk competitions good, right? Sometimes like- Oh, absolutely. Someone else's success, like someone else's success and, and it gets your jealousy or your your envy and gets, it gets yeah. that in. And then it, sometimes it jumpstarts you to like do more, I guess, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, our own kind of uh, uh, reaction to various storytelling communities that inspired us to do this. And I think we're, I don't think we're very cruel in it, but it's it's a fun piece. So it did inspire us to do that, which will inspire us to do more. So, yeah. Speaking of the moth, do you, did you send them the film? Do you want them to watch it? Um, I think some people are aware of the film. Okay. Um, but no, I, I haven't sent it to them. I, I, I would think that would be sort of like rubbing their nose in it. Look at me, make fun of you. I don't, I don't necessarily want to be that aggressive in my comedy. Gotcha. So what's next for you? Making another film? Um, yes. So out here in Portland, I'm, I'm building uh, a group of uh very talented and funny folks. And we have done some micro shorts right now, and that will expand into uh, larger forms uh, in the next year. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Definitely would like to uh, 
visit uh, Toronto and all of its great things and, and try and uh, try and return and give you all something funny to laugh at. That's awesome. I, one last point I want to ask you, because you uh, in, the, in the blog interview, you said that the most film that you've seen the most times in your life is the, is the Great Race, which is stars uh, Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis. When oh, people yes. think of Black Jack Lemmon and Tony Curtis, they think of some like it hot. So this kind of like, I guess, could have, it throws people a curveball because that's when they think of those two people pairing up. That's what, that's the film they think about. But right. This, this is the film that you, this is your, this is like, quote unquote, your favorite film or the film that you just keep watching over and over again? It's both. Um, let me tell you like a, a smidge about it. It was uh, directed by Blake Edwards, Blake Edwards yep. who went on to do the Pink Panther films with Peter Sellers in the 70s. It was one of his earlier uh, films. It's a huge global epic comedy uh, dedicated to uh, Stan Laurel and Oliver Hardy. And it's it's slapstick and it's silly. Um, and it's just grand in, in nature. And it has uh, one of the best pie fights on film. It's like, uh, it's like a cartoon only with like live action kind of folks. And Jack Lemmon's take, his character of Professor Fate, who has the handlebar mustache yeah. and the black top hat, um, is uh, a revelation. He is incredibly funny. And it's got is a very he, young young Peter Falk in it as well. It's a phenomenal. Jack Lemmon amazing? Like he's like, I hope people, he doesn't get lost in the shuffle as we move on in our years. Because the guy can do amazing dramas and then he can just pull off like a comedy role like that. And the comedy's not really his, his like number one job as an actor, I guess, right? Like it's like, it's amazing he can do that. Right. Yeah, he did. Uh, he started off very funny with like some like it hot, the yeah. apartment, great race. But the apartment then, is not like it's more of a it's I know it's funny, but like there's a lot. Yeah. Of dramatic, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Funny, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is always kind of like edged toward that. And then by the time we get to the, the 90s, he does the Grumpy Old Men series, which is but great. Yeah. Glenn Gary Glenn Ross yeah. is an absolute an astounding feature. He is probably my favorite actor, performer. Yeah. Of all time. I think he's been, he's spectacular. Like the apartment is the movie that everybody should watch as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Right? So, so yeah. So he's probably my favorite actor second only to possibly Ken Finkelman and Aurora Brown. Okay. Uh, those, those two are um, Ken Finkelman did the original newsroom in the nineties. Uh, out of the CBC, he did uh, more tears. I would recommend that as well. And um, and Aurora Brown, of course, did Baroness von Sketch. So I would follow those folks anywhere. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting that that I want now. I got. I want to watch this film. I want to see it. I think I saw all his great films, like Save the Tiger, China Syndrome, of course, and oh yeah, yeah, great dramatic roles, right? And Crumpy Old Men are. Fantastic. So well, we have to watch this film, Jack, uh, Tony Curtis. Like it's the, it's the film before the film, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's a romp. It's a long one. It's about yeah. two and a half hours. So uh, really? definitely order food ahead of time. Yeah, but, that's interesting. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's just phenomenal. Well, congratulations on this film. I wish you the best. And uh, let's talk again when you make your next film. 
Thanks. Hey, can I get a set selfie before we leave? Sure. Would, would you mind? Um, you know, it's it's hard to do on Zoom, but uh, I'm just going to turn around and we can both smile. Okay. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Sir, thank you. All thank good. you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. And conversation. I really appreciate it. Three, four, five.